now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the number one podcast to create saddle horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an AP Up One accreditation. On this week's show, we have a special guest here in the studio. We have the doctor of veterinary medicine, Dr. Michael Stewart, creator of the Stewart Clog. And we'll get into the uses, the history of it, and the future of where the Stewart Clog, also known as the wooden shoe, is going. All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics. And over to my far right side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, what's new? What's been going on? What's been happening with you? Anything? exciting just working on horses and trying to patch old trucks together and still patching trucks together oh always speaking of patching uh, old things and fixing things and we as you guys know out there we have a, a beautiful gelding by the name of diego yes and diego's off on training camp he's on a training he's, facility yes yes he's with the, the how do you say it correctly is it dressage dressage it's he's a in like dressage right? training because my wife's trying to get her bronze gold medal or something i'm not sure what she does i know, you know you can go down to the trophy shop and get one a lot cheaper. I know. You said that a couple of weeks ago. I keep asking. They won't give it to me. Well, you have to pay them a couple bucks. So won't, you know. But my wife's got all these, like, eight and a half by 11 sheets of, of all the different routines that you have to do to qualify for this bronze medal. Right. Now, in the process of this, Diego has had some shoe work done on him. Who did that? I believe you did. Oh, yeah. So, my question is, after last week's show, you trimmed Diego and Cayenne while, after the show. I trimmed Diego and I, I'm sorry, Dumb. these horses' names, I, can't they just be called Tom, Dick, and Harry? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so we got Dominique that's out here. That's our, our mare. Right. You do a trim on her. She's, we've taken her shoes off. Right. And uh, she's going to end up being a brood mare. She's not getting worked as hard as, as she normally was. Some fitness level is being kept up, though, right? I'm hoping. Hoping, you yeah. know, And in some point, I think she does, like, the they long need, long line. And keeps the blood pumping. And so in that process, my wife asked you, we need to work on Diego's hind end to, right. to bring it up. And your question was, well, how far do you want to go? And I'm thinking, in my mind, when, when I hear someone say, how far do you want to go? I'm thinking money-wise. I'm hearing that register, cha-ching, cha-ching, how far, cha-ching. Yeah, oh, I can do that too. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But I knew what you were when saying. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about money too, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you were. But I know what you were saying was how much of an increase of, you know, whatever you do to the horse's feet, mm. how much did you want to do because whatever you do to the horse's feet is going to determine how quickly the horse will recover in order to get back into a normal training pattern that she's used to yeah. doing three days a week. So when what did you end up doing? Because when you were out there, uh, I, I forget what day it was, my wife went out a couple days later and she rode Diego and she was like, there's nothing. He didn't do anything or not that well, you didn't do anything. exactly so. Well, not that you didn't do anything, but I guess what you ended up doing was not as significant as what you thought you needed to do. So oh, I could have gone you know, a little further with the mechanics on the back end. Sometimes with competition horses, you got to step your way into where you want to be because... You don't want to slow them down too much on training. What I put on the back end was a little different than the time before, and then we'll alter it a little from there and alter it a little from there. And it's always a process. 
Uh, sometimes with a horse that's out and out lame, I'll just go ahead and go go big or go home. You know what I mean? Yes. Because of what's going on with him, we're only shooing him on the back end. Uh, he's an uphill horse. We've because of what we did on the DPX race on the front end, just kind of played with the trim a little bit because of some joint spacing. She shouldn't have really noticed much of anything. She didn't. That's what she said. She she brought him out and watched him. You know, watched him walk and listened to him walk down the aisle. Well, here's, here's the deal too. What is the fitness level of a horse? If you got a horse that somebody's trying to work that's not that fit, they'll notice it a lot more. If so you got a horse that's starting to come through and pick up some muscle, it's not it's not that big a deal. But people do panic over it. But even with your upper level, like I work on a fair amount of upper level event horses. If it's minor tweaks, hey, they rock and roll and keep going. And if you don't do some of it, you're constantly adjusting. And if you don't do some of these, you start losing losing performance and losing losing ground on it. But people panic about, oh, my God, it's different. Oh, my God, it's different. It's different every time I pick up a foot. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is my wife was appreciative of what you did worked you know, to get him a little bit more right. ahead of the game, and it wasn't so significant to where that he was sore, and it didn't affect her process of learning or, or doing her training uh, for dressage to earn this medal. Right. So I say thank you. <laughs> I only heard I only heard one register go off when uh, when she came back. You know, <laughs> okay, good, we're good there. Well, if you want bigger bills, we can work with that. <laughs> no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine, right where it's at. So she appreciates you, and I appreciate you as well. All right, guys, stick around. We are going to appreciate this gentleman who's going to come on the air and talk about the Stuart Clog, also known as the Wooden Shoe, creator, inventor, and uh, just a mastermind behind these uh, wooden clogs that have come out. And that we're going to talk to Dr. of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Michael Stewart. So stick around for him. Uh, you're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget, if you have a question for Mike Stein, go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, says contact us. Ask, Dude, Mike, Mike, Stein. <laughs> Ask Mike Stein a question, and he'll get back to you as soon as possible. Make sure you put a return address in there as well, and he will send you out a prize pack as well. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. And here in the studio, a special guest, doctor of veterinary medicine, Michael Stewart, creator of the Stewart Clog. Michael. How are you? Good. I'm real good. You look Better good. Better than I ought to be, even though my wife my wife's not awake and she hasn't told me how I am yet, so I don't know for sure. Where are you located right now? Right in my big living room in the middle of Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right around Shawnee, Oklahoma. So, Michael, we appreciate you joining us here on the show this week. And you my are pleasure. You are a very, very special person because you created the Steward Clog. Now, tell us what that is and how that came to be. Well, that's not a true statement. I didn't create anything. I just screwed a piece of plywood on the bottom of a desperately ill horse. And three months later, she came back with the design and everything. And I just dumb enough to listen to the horse. The design of the steward clog was actually designed by a horse. 
and be, mimic it, if you will. Because the the horse wore it down in a certain certain position, or how how did the horse help you design that? Well, they, she wore it to the position that the, we mimic nowadays in the clog, if you will. I've I've got a clog right here. It's actually a two layer clog with the wood, the plywood here, and then the EVA ethylene vinyl acetate, the same material crocs are made out of. And this is the basic design that she gave me. Well, in fact. There's a shoe in Magner's Classic Encyclopedia of the Horse that was published in 1887, and guess what? Same exact design, and it was the only shoe they recommended for laminated horse. We as an industry lost this wonderful shoe for 100 years or so, and then a horse had to bring it back to us. And then I just introduced it to the world. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video, so make sure you go over to YouTube as well. Uh, search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein, and you can see uh, all the different shenanigans and the visuals that we have here in the studio, along with a Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, Michael Stewart, creator of the, well, not creator, co-creator Re- now. Recreator. 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 Of the Stewart Clock. Smart enough to watch a horse. Right. Exactly. Let them do their job. So, well, in fact, you know, the story behind it was, for a number of years, I went to Rick Redden at the AAE convention and dr redden is pretty famous for laminated courses and he had his ultimate and i kept telling him man you need to you need to modify those ultimates to look like what this horse designed for for me and so now if you'll look at the modified ultimate it's mimicking that and rick finally told me to shut up and write a paper and he put me on the 2002 bluegrass laminitis symposium and uh, that's where i was introduced to gene Ovenek. he actually i saw him in a deal and he taught me to add the sole impression material to the bottom of the shoe or or the foot and top of the shoe and actually enhance the ability of the shoe to perform. And then uh, Gene was the guy that came up with the marketing ploy, if you will, for the clog. He said it was people would remember that. And sure enough, the instead of the wooden shoe, it's known as the clog mostly throughout the world. But anyway, I f- was on the program at the 2003 AAEP program, Dr. Larry Bramlage saw a write-up in the American Farriers Journal magazine and decided that the shoe was worth uh, putting on. And he wrote me a letter and said, if you'll resubmit your paper, we'll we'll get you on the program. And sure enough, he did. And then in 2007, uh, Dr. O'Grady and Dr. Parks joined me with on a paper and the three manifestations of the wooden shoe and how to treat chronic laminitis with that. And that's, you know, taken off. And Dr. O'Grady's been around the world several times presenting the wooden shoe, if you will. Why did you opt for a piece of plywood rather than like slapping plastic or or finding some other material that you had laying around? Because I'm I'm assuming, you know, you've got this horse's foot and you're like, going, well, doggone it. I'm just going to slap this piece of plywood on there. I need to put something on the bottom of this horse's foot. Was that just like within reach and it was just happenstance that you put plywood on there? Or was there an actual reason? Or were you just doing it saying, you know, I just need to throw something on this horse. You know, how long did it take for that horse to create the natural orientation of what the clog looks like now? Well, the the horse had her bone, her coffin bone, coming out the bottom of the foot. It was prolapsing out. And she's desperate for, you know, I mean, you couldn't even look at it without her being in 
severe pain, and I uh, thought the mare was going to die. She was like a three-year-old young horse that wanted to, uh, they were trying to get used on barrels. And uh, just out of desperation, there was some plywood laying there, and I actually had a carpenter friend of mine say, let's put that plywood on there and put it on with screws. And I go, okay, we'll do that. (laughs) And so we did, and we sent the horse home thinking it would die for sure, or we'd have to come back. And by the way, uh, the reason I used junk plywood, if you will, and what we had available was my total bill was $5 on that horse. There's a girl I'd gone to school with, and she didn't have any any money, and so five dollars worth of bill. And like I say, three months later, she came back for a Coggins test on the horse, and I said, "What happened to that skinny, you know, desperately ill horse there that was about to die?" She said, "Oh, this is her right here." And I, oh my God, she gained three hundred pounds. What happened to those shoes? She says she still got them on. Hmm. So I looked at the bottom of her feet, and lo and behold, there was that design. Hmm. And here we are. She just wore it the, where the she clog needed it. Is, yeah, the clog is being used probably on 10,000 or more horses throughout the world today. It's probably the number one shoe used for laminitis in, in the world as we speak. Well, we're going to take a quick and, little break. And when we come back, we're actually going to talk about all the different uses and where having this shoe would be beneficial for horse owners out there. So stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. All around the world, rock and roll is all Let's face it, the past couple years have been real hard for all of us. Hey, this is Travis from the Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein podcast. With COVID now come and gone, and there's other variants out there that's working their way through our community. So when you get that little feeling that you feel sick or something like that, you're wondering, your mind races, and you're thinking, oh, do I have the flu? Do I have just a common cold? Or do I have the latest strain of what's affecting everyone right now? Well, believe it or not, your smartphone can actually help you determine what you have. No more sticking cotton swabs in your nose and all those painful and ungrueling and uncomfortable tests. You can now go to realtimevoiceanalyzer.com to download this app this new mobile health app lets anyone get fast accurate non-invasive covid or respiratory illness screenings in just five minutes anywhere or anytime it's 100 hipaa compliant and there's so many benefits to this new app the real-time voice analyzer can be used to detect some strains of influenza and the common cold it uses only the sound of a person's voice like a doctor using a stethoscope it detects irregularities in vital organs The real-time voice analyzer app delivers results within 5 or 10 minutes. There's no more waiting overnight or days for results. The algorithm works with a wide range of vocal sounds, but primarily uses vowel sounds due to their constant performance across different languages and dialects, ensuring accurate results for all users no matter what the language. No need to purchase additional accessories or equipment. The real-time voice analyzer works with any smartphone, tablet, or computer that has a microphone to record the voice. So download the app right now. Go to realtimevoiceanalyzer.com to learn more. Sign up now for a no-charge trial. That's realtimevoiceanalyzer.com. 
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to Mike over on YouTube. Uh, search Equine Dynamics. I got Mike and Mike. Mike Stein over on YouTube. Uh, search for him. Uh, Mike, you screwed me up there. Thank you. <laughs> got me all twisted. Search for Mike Stein over on YouTube by searching Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far end side is that gentleman, Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. And we got Dr. Stewart. Dr. Michael Dr. Stewart. Yes. Uh, co-creator, along with a, a little skinny horse that helped him create this shoe. Now, the Stuart Clog, is it a patented thing? Now, I know you had Doc Redding uh, ask you to write a paper on it, ask you to redesign a whole bunch of things. Is this a, a patented item? Well, EDSS, I didn't want to patent it because this is my gift to the horse. But Gene Overneck said, can I patent it? And I said, do whatever you want to, but I don't have time because I didn't want to go around defending my patent, if you will, and have to fight with everybody. This was too good of an idea. It needed to get out there and get in the hands of people like Mike Stein and guys like that that could help alleviate the pain and suffering in these cases. Now, have you trademarked the name Stuart Clog? No, I'm I'm technologically and whatever <laughs> monetarily challenged, so no. I understand. I understand. With your shoe, you said it's been out there on tens of thousands of horses now. So that that's the reason why I ask. I mean, you know, when someone says I need to put a wooden shoe on, I think about the old days when the like the steers were plowing through fields and stuff, and they had those big old wooden flip flops on their feet as they were plowing yeah. through fields and stuff. But your shoe is a little bit different. If you got it there in front of you, hold it up in front of the camera one more time so our, our viewers can see that. Now, the way I'm going to describe it, it looks like it's a small drum pad. Like if you were to do like a practice drum, you know what I'm talking about? It's probably about, what is that, 8 inches, 10 inches in diameter? And what is that bottom? Well, it's the same, same size as a foot. It just fits on the bottom of a foot like this. What is the black part of that product there? What is that made out of again? That's well, the this e- is ethylene vinyl acetate. It's the same product that Crocs are made out of. It's actually little air bubbles, very lightweight. How do you actually get the two to to adhere to each other? Well, we we glue them together, yeah, process. It's a little bit tricky, but it's not too bad of a deal. Here's a worn shoe, by the way. This has been attached and has impression material that we use to pump blood with and pump the lymphatic system but this shoe's been worn for probably 60 days on a horse and you see the it's made itself a wedge pattern and it's held on we use a couple of screws to put the position of the foot and then these are just screws sitting out the back so we can actually wrap this with a cast and lock it on now is this shoe designed to go on a working horse or is this strictly for uh healing purposes or recovery purposes well, typically I recommend, you know, recovery but uh, or rehabilitation. And uh, nowadays uh, I just got back from England and Germany and we put a set of on for uh, demonstration purposes and they went on into the German National Equitation Championship and the horse actually won it. But I recommended not to because it was jumping uh, one point, whatever it is, three meters, and they were working cattle, doing dressage, and two or three other disciplines on this horse. And I recommended don't do it because of the shoe height. Anytime you add shoe height to a horse, you increase the moment arm 
forces to the clatter ligaments, and that's typically not a good thing. But, in fact, this horse's improvement in his soundness was so dramatic that the Spanish rider trainers and stuff said, no, he'll be fine, which he was, apparently. Now, with all the running and jumping and, and sliding and gliding and stuff with those shoes on during those competitions, did you see anything as far as that, that adhesion? Because that's what I worry about. I mean, glue is only so strong. I mean, granted, outside of, like, NASA glue that they have out there, I worry about those things coming apart. Now, I've got a, downstairs, I've got a $100 pair of Nike shoes with a, a sole that's been glued on the bottom of my, you know, onto the leather. And I know within six months, I the back part of my, or the front part of my toe, rubber or whatever, the sole is coming off. And they, that's Nike with glue. Now, granted, you can say what you want about Nike and where they're made and all that stuff. But even still, the, they glue those things on and they still come off. Those horses being in the competitions, did you see anything like that? Any results of the, the two splitting? We, we've had thousands of them applied and i did have a problem this actually this winter with a with uh people that were trying to you know uh, manufacture the shoes for me and they tried gluing them when it was like 30 below zero <laughs> uh, you know if they'd have called me i said don't try that that won't work and sure enough you know the shoes come apart silly you know to try gluing well, them 30, 30 below, below zero i wouldn't have worked either i don't think yeah, anything would no. work <laughs> anything no. works below 30 degrees uh the reason why i ask about the glue one more time mike who was the gentleman that we talked about uh with the red and black shoes and he was oh. having problems with adhesion on his his soles of his shoes. Ian. 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 And yeah. I think I got him in my phone as McCaffrey, but I think I'm saying the last name wrong. Uh, Dr. Stewart, where do you see your shoes being used the most as far as you initially came up with the idea because of the, the coffin bone was sticking out through the bottom of this mare's foot? Where do you normally see people using this type of stuff? Is it with laminitic horses? Is it with um, any type of uh, distortion to the foot? Uh, and it can it be used to correct... Um, uh, certain ailments as far as um, what's the the one thing that... Like where, navicular? Yes, or, yes, yes. Where do you normally see well, this shoe being used? Mike and I talked about this at the at Saratoga Springs when we were up there at the NEAP meeting. Yeah, together. i got to get the letters in the and, right uh, order. <laughs> but, in fact, what I've learned from these cases, and, and you know, typically I, I worked on horses that three other vets had said put to sleep. And I learned that, you know, you learn a lot from the critical cases, the, the easy cases, the not-so-critical cases. You don't learn as much from them because you can make mistakes, and the horse still is. But on a critical case, you make a mistake, the horse dies. So what I did learn, I think, is how important the hemodynamic system or the blood system in the foot is. And the blood system in the foot is responsible for attenuating or ameliorating the high frequencies of impact and the impact itself. Uh, when the foot hits the ground at 75 miles an hour and the horse is only going 38, I'd understand, but the, the foot's traveling faster than the horse, impacts the ground, and there's a horrendous amount of force inside the foot created. And the, typically, uh, the high frequencies of impact do the most damage. And that's if you're a, far, a farrier, you understand that in that the high frequency impact will be the ringing of your anvil. That's the, de- the part that does the most damage. And, in fact, the uh, part of the foot that attenuates or ameliorates that is, is the lamina, where the Velcro attachment of the bone to the uh, hoof wall. And in that, what this shoe does by uh, the use of the sole impression material and heel landing and a combination of things, 
we're taking advantage of that water-filled balloon, which is actually just the blood system within that little lamina and other parts of the foot, but particularly within the lamina. And the structure of the foot's such that it, it, it expands a little bit and does some distortions as the foot loads to take care of all those forces. And, you know, let's say you have 15,000 pounds of pressure coming into that foot. You know, it's a real fast impact, and it can tear up anything. But, in fact, whenever the foot handles it properly, the pressure goes to zero. And it even goes into a negative number because of the conformation of the foot. And that is the what we key on, and we take advantage of that to do and treat navicular, heel pain, a lot of conditions of the foot. When you manipulate and enhance those biohydraulics, is what I call it, the, the lymphatic and the hemodynamic system, then you can do a lot to enhance the healing of a foot. And a lot of people, especially the researchers, they don't really think the uh, lymphatic system has too much to do with the foot. But in fact, I would argue that. And Dr. Pollock just showed at the meeting that we went to that whenever they uh, immobilized the hoof wall and the uh, bone and the lamina were just sitting there with the inability to move the animal or the lamina or the support suspensory lamellar apparatus, the lamina, the basal cells of the lamina actually committed suicide or apoptosis or programmed cell uh, death and died. And I would argue it's because the cells were sitting in their own waste, their own manure, if you will, and just absolutely died because of that. And the hemodynamic system of the foot is dependent, and the lamina are dependent upon movement. They have to have movement, and especially the lymphatic system. It does not function without movement, period. And so that's where we take advantage of that to manipulate that and enhance that and enhance the healing. Now, I'm looking at that foot, hold up the, the one foot you had there, the one shoe that you had there. Now, that one right there, to me on camera, that looks like it's about two and a half inches thick. Eh, not quite no. that thick. No? No, not it's, that thick. It's, it's one and a half at the most. Now, when you use that shoe, I'm assuming, do you have to use that on all four feet? Because I can't see that going on. Let's say you got a problem on the front right hoof you know that going on the one hoof and then you've got to fix all the other shoes on the horse if the other uh, other hoofs have shoes on it or is it you know two in the front maybe two in the back or they have to work in pairs how do they normally work is it one foot one one shoe or is it pairs or is it all four you need pair you don't typically put on one shoe and you shouldn't unless you want to just load that one side but here's the typical shoe this shoe went on and become this Almost immediately, it, and this is, you know, impression material. This is the thickness of the shoe right here. Look. I see, yeah, from I this see. To this. Plastically deforms. In other words, this shoe will elastically do things, but it plastically deforms when you overload a certain area. And that's where the horse has the ability to immediately modify this shoe to their biomechanical needs. 
it won't return elastically come back. Now, this portion of the foot shoe back here, you see that it's got a, what, a seven or eight or nine, 10 degree wedge to the overall shoe. Right. This will remain elastically doing its thing and then roll over, it'll hit and do. Uh, and But these bubbles up here, these air bubbles have been collapsed because of the overload, which is exactly what we like. And it's real important you use the right ethylene vinyl acetate material because it, it's all different. And just we've tried using the same material with a different design and it just fails us. Mike, do you have any horses in your stables and your, in your routes and so that could benefit from this shoe? Oh, yeah, always. I have used different forms of clogs myself plenty of times. Dr. Stewart, how often do you have? would you have to change these shoes out once they were applied to the horse? Now, you said that the new one that you had in your hand and the other one, it happened immediately, but I'm looking at that other one. It looks like you dug that up on a World War II site or something. Well, it's been used for a month, maybe even two months. You know, this this shoe's been on around a while, but the best thing in the world you can do, Mike, is wear these things out in two or three weeks or a right. month. Typically, they'll last a month. The best thing, and that what that means is the horse is moving around a lot. Right. Lots of these cases, they go from a horse that cannot walk, and then they call you up and they're complaining because he's wearing his shoes out a month later. <laughs> and right. you're, oh, my God, shut up. Yeah, and you're like going, you well, know? congratulations, you're, it's exactly. working. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's that's a good thing to happen. But I just got back from the Tryon International Equestrian Center, and we were putting these like this on these jumping horses that weren't, you know, they're a little bit off or whatever and putting them on them. And the girls reported just immediate success, and, and they were going ahead and jumping in these things. And I'm going, oh, I don't know if I'd do that. But, you know, it's, Sue Dyson just did a demonstration down there with their – ethos uh, system where you look at the behavior of the horse and try to predict if is a horse sound or unsound and whenever they start acting funny twisting their tail and you know looking hard and and all these there's 20 different things she's identified and they did a had a model down there and he showed all, displayed all 20 tyler raymer put on a set of these clogs right here just like this and guess what? And he he stands them down in a ethylene vinyl acetate and measures what the horse wants. But he puts these shoes on there, and this particular horse wanted a sixty-eight degree foot. Typically, fifty something is the ideal we think. But this horse wanted a sixty-eight. Well, we put these. He put these clogs on, and lo and behold, the horse went over and did a sixty-eight. It was sixty-eight point one his measurement on both of them and both of them come back exactly the same and guess what the horse improved in his uh, ethos measurements he was perfectly sound the next day and went around amazing everybody and people started coming in to the farrier shop saying what did y'all do to that horse oh my god all right we're going to take a quick little break and when we come back we're going to talk about the future of the stewart clog so stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein we'll be right back Oh! 
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Again, don't forget for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. You can see all the, the visuals that we have here in the studio. The way you do that is go over to YouTube, search Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe over there. And also, if you have any questions for Mike Stein, go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contact us. Uh, you can fill out that little form there. Make sure you put a return address. And if you'd like Equine Dynamics to perform a clinic out at your location, myself and Mike can come out there and we can do a podcast out there. I know Mike's got a couple things lined up here in the next couple of weeks or so you're going down to uh i'm going to in town brett ingram's training facility there's a uh, richard malgram is doing an in-hand clinic mm-hmm. uh long lining dressage horses and i will be speaking at dover saddlery like the next week so is that uh, october 28th and november 2nd that, yes that's why we'll be out there and joining us here in the studio a uh, doctor of veterinary medicine michael stewart uh co-creator due to a horse of the stewart clog also known as the wooden shoe michael how are you i'm good so you've told us where how you got started with by accident happenstance with the Stuart clog and then you describe all the different uses of, of this shoe where where do you see this shoe going in the future now do you see it because of materials and stuff and steel and and supplies and glues and all the other stuff do you see this shoe propelling itself into the future and becoming a little bit more more pronounced than it is now i know it's already a staple in many households and many barns and and stalls and stuff do you see the shoe going out any further or what do you what are your plans with this shoe or the design well there, there's lots of the duplicates being made around the world if you will the visani shoe out of italy i think is a pretty nice uh man-made shoe that uh, is working you know it's got the biomechanics working for it click and clog a, a hospital type plate out of england England, and then the squish clog uh, out of England is coming out. That's a pretty nice deal. And I use, I don't think we talked about it, but I use these EVA straight up like this for, I call them the smart clogs, because you can just tape them on the horse's foot with gorilla tape and walk the horse around, and he will lots of times tell you exactly how he wants to be shod. He'll do a 20-degree wedge or a 10-degree or a 3-degree, and he'll show you how he's landing on his lateral toe, which is really neat to show the owners. The veterinarian and the farrier may be able to see his lateral toe landing, but the owner don't see it. But when you put him in these things, and then you pick the foot up and, and see the indention that it's made in there. You you can reuse these several times. But what I was uh, getting at, this the clog, the uh, academians and people, they don't use the clog early on. It's a good tool for preventative measures, and it's a great tool for acute. But a lot of people don't use it for acute, and I don't understand why. They're missing out on a lot of biomechanics there. And the biomechanics of the clog, for example, if you put a clog on a horse and, and cast his foot, we hold him on with cast. Well, it took me about 10 years of losing clogs because the screws uh, rusted out. The cast actually transfers the shear forces from the lamina, and they did a study a long time ago and did a reverse shoe in it by 59% in that reverse shoe. So if you put a cast around this, lots of times you'll reduce the shear forces by 60 to 100%. So why wouldn't you take those shear forces away that are tearing the lamina loose from the bone and, and the wall and, and from the get-go? Why do you want to wait until they're already sheared to, to do something? Then, then you it got a real problem. Sense. 
It doesn't and, make any sense at all. But but the academians say, well, you use the clogs on the chronic, you know, wait a week or two and stuff like that. And me and Mike are just pulling our hair out saying that's so wrong, so wrong. Your roof's caving in on your house because of the snow load. You wait a week or two until it caves in, and then you go in and prop it up with tubulars. You know, may, maybe we it. should have got the snow load off, shouldn't we? We don't know what snow load <laughs> exactly. is in this part of the country, but maybe we should have. But the future of the shoe is going to be just like Mike's going to use it he's going to use it every day for horses that are underrun heels and stuff like that he's going to use it to heal a foot up in two months or two weeks uh, on stuff that took him 10 times longer working his butt off with the other biomechanics in in the regular shoes this shoe will provide the maximum amount of biomechanics to absolutely heal a foot up and rehab a foot in a in a way that's just unbelievable sometimes Two months in this shoe will do more than the best barefoot rehab program in two years. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have someone manufacturing these for you, or is this is this something well, that? Yes, uh, EDSS the wooden shoe. They started off with it, but they were afraid people would duplicate it, so they made a plastic, hard plastic shoe. And I, I never really, you know, that shoe's got specific purposes. Basically. What the clog does in a nutshell is it puts the coffin bone on the ground and takes out all those other structures out of the picture. And he puts the coffin bone on the ground in an ergonomically uh, efficient fashion that allows the rest of the foot to heal up. All those other pieces that were going this way or going that way or getting tore are actually taken out of the picture. And it's this EVA. It's made by the same people that make the EVA that I use, Connie at Showies. She's the only one that sells this particular EVA in America. She's got an exclusive on it, and I had her name it Steward Light. So if you order it, you can make your own shoes if you want, or you can use this pad in your horse trailers or your stalls. It's really a neat little deal. It's four by six, weighs about 37 pounds, and they last pretty good. They're really a good product for the horse to walk around on. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up with Dr. Michael Stewart, and we're going to get all his contact information and, and anything if you want to ask him some questions as well. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I'll be right back. Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Make sure you follow him over on Facebook. Search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. you got a whole bunch of things going on up there. We've had so much information in this show, we haven't had a chance to go over some of the articles that you posted over on your Facebook page. But you guys out there can go see him and see all the different articles and stuff. Uh, go to Equine Dynamics over on Facebook. Make sure you like and subscribe to him over there as well. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a YouTube video as well. You can see this in real time as we're talking to Dr. Michael Stewart here in the studio with us. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein, as yes. always. Ever, i got too many mics. i got Mike. 
Mike, 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 Mike. I got Mike hey, here. Mike's here, Mike there. <laughs> Mike there, Mike everywhere. So what did we learn today? Dr. Michael Stewart, creator, co-creator of the Stewart Clog, or also known as the Wooden Shoe. So what, what's the biggest takeaway you want our audience to know about your shoe? Where can they find you or where can they find your products? And if they have any questions for you, do you want, do you answer questions from the, from the mass media out there? Or you're just your little homebody over there in Oklahoma? Well, in fact, I've been traveling quite a bit. I'm retired uh, veterinarian, mixed animal practice veterinarian after 42 years, and I have time now. And I have Facebook, if you want to get on M-I-C-H-E-A-L, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-D. I try to publish, you know, things that uh, people can uh, learn off of, like Mike. And You can contact me, uh, anybody who wants to call me, or Facebook Messenger me. That's a good way of doing it. But you can call me if you want, 405 405- 620-2673-405-620-2673. You know, I have time now. I can do things. I, I'm getting ready to go to Florida, I think to Wellington. But anyway, the, the shoe's going to take off in popularity when people realize what it can do for a foot. It'll heal lots of feet and grow a foot faster than anything you can do. And uh, we can also, uh, with a little modification uh, using the uh, leather EVA, make a foot uh, shoe that'll train a racehorse in training and it'll grow cup better than anything I've ever seen. It'll develop a horse's cup. Right. You were talking about James using them down in Florida on some of those horses that were show horses. He uses them a lot, and he calls it a healing vacation. If he can put them in for two weeks, he will. Uh, a month, of course, would be better, and two months. But a lot of these just sore-footed, navicular-type horses, and I've put them on tripartite navicular horses that would only get up and eat and then lay back down and absolutely, in two or three months, be working in a feedlot two days a week. So I can show you PowerPoint presentations of these kind of cases, and it's, you know, people that... Finally figure out, and you've got to do your trim right. I just got back from England, uh, Dr. Mark Caldwell. He's a pretty good hand over there. And I went over there, and I tweaked his trim just a little bit on one case and absolutely made a a huge difference. And this is something that Tyler Raymer and Dr. Caldwell both taught me, and I'm teaching Mike or whoever, which he already knows it. But I'm telling you, the minor little changes in a foot make major difference is more so than the major changes. Yeah. Well, we're all winning here because we've had you uh, join us on the show, and we appreciate you, Dr. Michael Stewart. Mike, do, is there anything that you would like to add? You've been quiet over there. You've been soaking all this in. I can see I've it in your face. In. There's a lot to soak in today. He's, he's, he's going to have me come out and ride with him for a couple of days. Well, that'll be good. That'll be good. And maybe maybe we can get you here in the studio. We've got a nice big old fluffy chair over there for you. We'll have you in here. Your own microphone. You can, own, yeah. mic. own microphone, your own headset, and you can be a professional right. broadcaster just like us here oh, wow. at Equine Dynamics. All right, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us and hanging out with us. If you'd like to hear everything that happened during this podcast and see all the visuals that happened during this show, make sure you go over to YouTube, search Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Make sure you subscribe to him over there as well, and you can watch the whole entire podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Dr. Michael Stewart for joining us. Thank you very much. Hasta luego. On behalf of Mike Stein over there, have a good day. Enjoy your horses. My name is Travis Sane. See you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral All of your work is done Just close your eyes and dream, little pal 
dream.